I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Steven Mielhausen here along with the man, the myth, the legend, D.Y. Daryl Rivera. Walkway to Fight Club. We are recording, man, at right 11.07 Central Standard Time. I almost fell asleep. (laughs) Kids, and I was telling Daryl off air, kids will definitely make you tired. Usually, I'm a (laughs) one I used to be 2 a.m. and not even blink. Now I'm 11.30. Like, this is almost my bedtime. We're, like, entering, like, bedtime territory here. But there is a special reason this is happening, and you'll watch this on Saturday morning. This is the UFC 252 Miocic versus Cormier 3 preview show. And before we even start, I want to thank everyone for watching that Paige Van Zant video of her signing with Bare Knuckle Fighting. What did I tell you? That crap was going to happen. And it did. I thought of you when that happened. I was like, <laughs> it, it was a shocking move. I texted you. I was like, whoa. As I tell people, and I kind of know, but then I don't know. Well, you can, everyone can leave it interpreted. And I said this to you via text. Is that the zone money, baby? A little bit of that money because Bear Knuckle has signed and agreed to a deal with the zone, and they'll be airing events starting in September. So, you know, if you want to look at it that way, I think that had something to do with it. I really think that I think they had a little bit of I don't know how much the deal is for. I don't know how much they are paying BKFC. I don't know what I don't know what the rights fee deal is, but I imagine some of that money is going to Page Van Zandt if I had to. If one had to conjure up a guess. But thank you for everyone for watching that video so far. You can watch it on the YouTube channel. Just go search Walkway the Fight Club or just go to youtube.com forward slash the Walkway to Fight Club. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video. Get more and more and more. We're going to be doing a lot more of these videos. We kind of sprinkled a couple here this week. We released one earlier on Friday. Daryl and I did uh, with WWE. Going to the Amway Center for the time being, for the near future in Orlando, Florida, starting next Friday for Friday Night SmackDown. And that'll include SmackDown, take NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, and a whole lot more going forward for the next few months. So check out that video as well. But subscribe, subscribe to the channel and like the channel as well. UFC 252 taking place on Saturday night from the Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Like we said earlier, the main event, Daniel Cormier, Stipe Miocic 3 for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Co-main event, Sugar Sean O'Malley against Marlon Vera. And a fight that I love because it's going to end. If this does not end in like 40 seconds, I'm going to be really ticked off. As former heavyweight champion Junior Dos Santos meets contender Jerzino Rosenstrike. It's a good thing you're not betting anymore, right? (laughs) Dude, I I can't anymore, man, because – and I said this earlier. I said this to Daryl Offair when we were doing the podcast, after we did the WWE podcast. 
Jarzino Rosenstriker really screwed me big time when he fought Alistair Overeem in December. And I remember me and you were texting. Yes. And I was one thing away. I had a four, four team slash fighter parlay. First three hit, boom, it was looking great. Over under for that fight that I went the over under to end in the within was a the line was a round and a half. Like, man, this is like stealing money from a baby. It was like even for some reason, it was like it was minus like 160. So right around that line. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, that's all right. The parlay would have if I all it had to do was happen. Would have won twenty four hundred dollars. And what no, no, bills, y'all. It went. And the fight ended with one second left. I cried so hard <laughs> inside. <laughs> like Lynn's sitting there, she's got no idea why I'm so mad. She's like, Yeah, right. I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, this crap. I'm like, I just <laughs> want this fight to end. Because it wasn't even exciting, it was boring. It was really over him just like dominated and then a straight left hand down the pike did it and there she wrote see you later because if you look at the rest of this card the rest of the main card you got it herbert burns against daniel pineda and then former flyweight title challenger john dotson facing mirab davashelli i think that's a solid fight nothing i would really get too exciting about the only thing i'm really excited about on this main on the prelims is Jim Miller and Vince Pichel. I just like Jim Miller. Yep. Scrappy Jim, veteran. Jim Miller will be fighting for the 35th time in the octagon. 35 times, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that for a hot minute. It's the, the featured prelim on ESPN. If you're going to watch the prelims, that's the fight to watch. Jim Miller's the jam. All right. And I like – I usually don't give UFC credit on how they use fighters, but Jim Miller is one of those fighters that they've used, in my opinion, properly. Because they've used him. They know he's a veteran. He's, you know, up there. He's not going to contend anymore. But they use him as the gatekeeper in the lightweight division. And I like that role for him because it's a, he's a face that people like to see. They're like, hey, Jim Miller's on. We got to go look. Even if it's in the pre- prelims, he's just – scrappy veteran that will literally go toe-to-toe with people. And that's what I like to see. And, you know, it, this is kind of like a setup fight. Pichel's 12-2. and two, He's a solid pro. It's a guy. This is a setup fight. This is kind of mm-hmm. – and this is kind of how I, how I view a fight on the main card that we're going to – two fights on the main card. I kind of feel like this is like a setup. You know, like, like you said, you used the right word for Miller at this point is gatekeeper. He's at that point to where it's like – like you said, you, you were spot on. He's not going to fight for a world title anymore. He's not going to headline shows, but he's good. Featured prelim, kick off the main card of a pay-per-view, maybe co-main of a TV show. But you know what you're going to get? You're going to get action because Jim Miller doesn't go back. Jim Miller goes fucking forward. <laughs> he doesn't go back. I love. I, I don't cuss often anymore. It's the first time I think I've cussed in a podcast in a while. That's pretty I'm good. Pr- proud of you. <laughs> but, but no, Jim Miller's awesome. I'm looking forward to that fight. But before we even start with the preview, me, I got a bone to pick with you. We were we were sitting there just reconnecting and everything, and Daryl tells me that I had two iced coffees today, and Daryl tells me he had he had three coffees today. Now the weather in Chicago, mid 80s. I had iced coffee. Why? Because it's hot outside. The handsomest man in all the land. Tell the people what you had three of today. What kind of coffees? It was hot coffee. Regular hot coffee. Why? I don't know. It's garbage. All I'm saying is I grew up in hot, like with hot coffee. I've been drinking hot coffee since I was in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico in the summer compared to this is nothing. Wait, wait, right. wait, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off. So this is it. Even when you were in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You think my grandma's going to give me iced coffee? Not happening. 
Well, you got to put some ice cubes in the coffee. <laughs> no, he's like, either you drink it hot or don't drink it off. One or the other. And I got used to it. Wakes me up in the morning when I need a kickstart. Boom. Now, do you drink it black? No. What kind of creamer? Vanilla. French vanilla. Yeah, just a pick. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Okay. Gives some color. This, you still don't get away. If I drink hot coffee, it is French vanilla. But I drink hot coffee when it's November to like Mar- beginning of March. Once you get to my birthday on March seventh, it is iced coffee time. See, I'm a I'm a creature. This is, this is hot. This is hot. Literally hot garbage. No pun intended. This is I, hot garbage. I'm a creature of nature. All right. I've been used to drinking hot coffee in the morning. Guess what? I'm gonna keep drinking iced coffee or hot coffee in the morning. This is crap. I'm so disappointed in you. Oh well. <laughs> oh, oh well, I expect, and I'm not gonna sit here and bash women, but I expect women because I I know plenty of women that drink hot coffee. I you are the first male member of the male species that I've met that will drink that drinks hot coffee in the summertime. That is hogwash. Makes me an original. We may have to we may have to check your man card. I said it. Gonna have to check it. I mean, as I great think, as more, your, as I great think as, the iced coffee one is more in question here than the actual hot coffee. Why? Humor me. Ice, if I'm drinking something with ice, it's gonna be a Coke, water, I don't know, like a, like a refreshing drink. Iced coffee's not refreshing for me. That's what I want cold, a refreshing drink. If I want coffee, I'm gonna drink it hot. Because I need it. The reason I drink coffee is to wake me up, get me going, give me that boost of energy. If I drink something cold, I want to sit down and relax, not get after it and start working. How? When's the last time you had a nice coffee? About two weeks ago. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. So you drink iced coffee? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. You asked me what I drank today. I told you, hot coffee. I'm used to it. It's what I drank today. You didn't say, do you not drink iced coffee? This is crap. I'm, you're just, like, answering you're your, like... I'm just answering your question, bro. You <laughs> asked me point blank, what did you drink today? Three hot coffees. I you're drank like, it. That is. You're like the person... Like the banner behind my left shoulder. You're like that human being who likes when it comes between the Cubs and the White Sox. Oh, I like both. I like baseball. Get the heck out of here. I hate that crap. I'm Your answer. Yeah, I know. It's all right. It's crumbling down on the Cubbies next weekend. That's all Wait, I'm going to say. What's, what's, what's the record again? Hey, the seasons are young, my friend. Hey, it's all long. The, the both teams are making the playoffs. I, I'll concede that. I'll concede that other team makes the playoffs. I'm cool with the Cubs making it. It's going to be what? better. It's going to be better when the Sox get farther and the Sox are holding the brass ring at the end of October and are your 2020 World Series champions. I'm going to spit that in everybody's face. No, we'll just hear more about, yours. We'll just hear more about the 2005 World Series and how. Polly Kernarko is the greatest first baseman ever, and Jim Tomey. I don't ever hear that, but okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. I have White Sox friends that uh, work at the same office as I do, so it's. I don't talk 2005 often, unless someone, unless someone wants to get really, thing. unless someone wants to get really salty. But talking about old and starting to get archaic is former heavyweight, two-time heavyweight champion, Junior Dos Santos. This is a big fight for Dos Santos because you, you got to look at it. He's 21 and seven. He's been on, he's lost his last two fights. He's two and two in his last four. And this isn't like a deal of where he's losing close decisions. He's getting stopped. Got blasted out by Francis Naganu in June of 2019. And then got blasted out by Curtis Blades. 
back in January. And this is a situation of where it's do or die time for Junior Dos Santos. This is a fight I think he should win. It's a fight I think he can win rather easy because he's facing, he's a great striker. But Rosenstrike's got heavy hands too, but you look at, but you look at Rosenstrike. He suffered. How does a guy handle suffering the first loss of his career? You know, you got to look at, he's in a situation of where, you know, he had all the hype coming in. He had that last second knockout in December. And then you go when everyone's like, oh, you know, he's got a shot at beating Francis Naganu at UFC 249. And if you even got up to walk to the kitchen, the fight was over. So it's one of these things where how does he react to that? Because this is a big fight. It's bigger for Dos Santos because a win for Dos Santos keeps him in the mix. And he doesn't have and he could he still has a very a very, very small chance. It's a big fight for him. It's also a big fight for Rosenstrike because you know he could he can surge back into contender status here. But if you're talking just for in terms of overall grand scheme of things, it's a big fight. It's a bigger fight for Junior Dos Santos. It's a it's a big fight for both fighters, like you mentioned before. How does Rosenstrike react to, or how does he come out after getting knocked out by Francis Ngannou? And you mentioned Junior Santos getting stopped twice. Francis Ngannou and Curtis Blades, no joke. Ngannou being the main one that he can blast anybody's head off. Literally, scariest human being on, on planet Earth right now. But Junior Dos Santos is one of those guys that, in my opinion, he does need to win because he's getting older. He's getting up there in age. People are starting to question his fatigue. People are starting to question his age. And you see a guy like Rosenstruck. He's very patient. What's what's Junior Dos Santos known for? He's known for his boxing and a little bit of a ground game. Not not seen much because he's always on a shootout. But this is going to be, and like you mentioned before we even started talking about it, I'll be surprised if this reaches even the third round. If Maybe this even the half. If these, if this reaches the second half of the second round, I'll be very surprised. If it reaches the second half of the first round, I think you're being, I think you're being nice. I just don't. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, both of them, because <laughs> I think I think Rosenstruck's gonna he's gonna land a hard left, and I think Junior JDS is going down. Here is the the betting line from my guys at bet our guys at bet online uh ag rosa shark is a s- slight favorite minus 130 and jds is a plus 110 the odds are this fight it does not end in the first round it is at minus one it's predicted actually it's predicted to end in the first round minus 180 and plus 150 for yes I'm good. I, if you're gonna make a bet, I'm gonna lay down that minus one eighty. Yeah, I'd pluck one eighty to win a hundred. I feel pretty confident. I, but see, Rose Strike bit me in the ass before, so I'm not betting anymore. But if I was going to, I would bet through my guys, our guys at Bet Online, AG, and I would go with that fight ending in the first round. We'll give our predictions on that fight in a minute, but let's get to the co-main event here because this. I blew your mind earlier on this one. I love this fight. My boy, Sugar Sean, Sean O'Malley, Marlon Vera, co-main. God, I like, I, I got goosebumps when I hear Sean O'Malley's name. I get like the, like the warm and fuzzies. I think about the sugar show, the sugar shack. I was watching them, or I was watching some highlights earlier. I was like, legit goosebumps, man. Love me some of that sugar show, man. But a big fight for O'Malley, big fight for Vera. And this is kind of, this is like the fight we were talking about with Miller and Pochelle. Is the fact that this is a gatekeeper type of fight. Vera's, yeah, Vera's looking pretty good. 
You know, he's 17 and six. He's nine and five in the UFC. He's won five of his last six, all five wins by stoppage. It is a tough fight. And you we were talking about this earlier off air. This is the toughest fight of O'Malley's career. There's no doubt about it. We're going to find out how good Sean O'Malley really is coming up on Saturday. Because if you look at O'Malley, 12 and 0, eight wins by stoppage. He's freaking 4 and 0 in the UFC. You just see what last two wins, devastating knockout over Eddie Wineland. Uh, at UFC 250, you know, he's got back-to-back stoppage wins. He's got that charisma. He's got that it factor that, you know, MMA needs, the UFC needs. You, you got to start looking ahead. You got to look forward to building future stars. Could he, he could be the next Conor McGregor. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute, but this is a significant fight for O'Malley. This is, this is a do or die fight for him. I think we're going to find out how good Sean O'Malley is. But Marlon Vera's no joke either. You don't go nine and five in the UFC. You don't go set. You're not seventeen and six. You don't win five of six, and all five of those wins coming by stoppage. But he did lose his last fight. I did not think he looked good against Song Yudong back in May. I didn't think he looked good at all. I thought he looked horrible. I think that's what the UFC saw here and was like, okay, we a guy he should have beat. He lost to. You know, maybe he had a bad night. Who knows? You don't win five of six, and even though you lost your last fight, you're not a joke. Five of six is nothing to sneak, nothing to laugh home on. It's not like you're getting five decisions. You're starching people. Yeah, and at the end, at the end of the day, it's like you said, this is going to be O'Malley's hardest test because you mentioned Marlon Vera has won five of his last six, and his ground control game. His takedown game is above and beyond. Something that I don't think Sean O'Malley has seen. Can I see problems for Sean O'Malley here? Yes. Because trust me, I'm on your side with this. I'm all over the sugar boat. All right? I need need to see more sugar shell. I need to see it. Sean O'Malley is a, a superstar in the making if the UFC treats him right. At the same time, this is his biggest threat to date. Marlon Vera's battle-tested veteran, nine and five in the UFC, won five of his last six. He's somebody that if he gets you on the ground, you can be you, your sugar show can get sugar stopped right away. Ooh, look at you! Right away if he gets like you on it. the ground, and I'm like I said, we'll talk predictions in a bit, but but Vera a plot. Our guys at betonline.ag plus 240. Marlon Vera minus minus 280. Sean O'Malley. A lot of people must have thrown money at that. That was plus 380 like three days ago. Nearly three to one. That's that's interesting. Um, It's a big fight, though. Oh, you've been all over this. You've been all over that plus 240. It's kind of. It's calling your name, I think, for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know the, the cartoons with the pie when you put the pie in the window and the smoke is going like like this? That's what that bet is doing. It's like, I'm gone. <laughs> How is it? Like, it's like grandma's pie. Oh, yeah. Good apple pie. Mm. Little berry See, pie. I'm allergic to apples. You're I'm allergic all- to apples. I've never heard that one. Neither has anybody else. My wife thought <laughs> Lynn thought I was lying. She's like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Apples and mushrooms." Mushrooms, I get. Apples, I don't. The mushroom. I've been allergic to apples since I was younger. I was like, we found out about it. I was like three. The mushroom allergy started. I was 23 and with another woman. It was not my wife. The last significant relationship I was in before my wife. The woman was kind of crazy. Actually, Lynn, no, she was legit crazy. Woman is waiting out. She's woman had, waiting outside. She's at work. Oh, I've told them this story. The woman had six cats. Absolutely gorgeous woman. 
But god dang, she was a she had six cats. I well, she had five when we started dating. And that should have been a siren. I should have been like, I need to get the hell out of here. And then she got another one when we were dating. We had just started living together. And she brought home another cat. I'm like, what the heck? Relationship did not last too much longer after that. Put it that way. And she ended up being that from what I don't know how she's doing in this stage of life. But if I had to take a guess, she's probably still the crazy cat lady. But that is for. but <laughs> no, we just we just lost the follower. Yeah, we probably did. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not, not always gonna sit and please the people. They don't like true. it. Hit stop button, and you can go somewhere else. You're only gonna get this talk here anyway. We're talking cats. We're talking coffee. You're the one that brought us brought up the cat. <laughs> we're talking crazy ladies. I, some because we were talking about mushrooms and me we're being talk, allergic to mushrooms. It was those in a crazy coffee drinking cat ladies. Yes, and being allergic to apples, <laughs> but which, which is still unheard of. That's that's a new one. Yeah, that's I me. Mean, I can't even have applesauce. I tried applesauce. My oldest was. I think he started having applesauce at like about a year. No, it was a little over a year old. We he had applesauce and. He left some in his bowl. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, why not? Like I had a, a, I'm like, I had a spoonful. I'm like, man, this is good. I ate the rest. And it was a trip to, a trip to the immediate care. It was not pretty. Yeah. So I have not touched applesauce since. Um, but at, Sean O'Malley, it can be the hot sauce. <laughs> a little segue we call it in the business. <laughs> Sean O'Malley can be sweeter than applesauce, and he can be like Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Because, and he'll put a little sugar on that barbecue sauce with a big win on Saturday night. Because of a win here, a win here, you go, you're thirteen and zero. Especially if you get a stoppage win, you could see where they're going. They're building them up. He beat the former world, a world title challenger, former WEC champion Eddie Wineland in his last fight. A proven, a solid guy. Not a world beater, not a world title contender, but a solid step up in competition in Marlon Vera. O'Malley goes 13-0. and And then it's guns blazing because there's going to be a lot of people watching this show. Is that a prediction or a spoiler? Kano, I will give you my prediction by rate at the end. Because I'm in two schools of thought. So I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been contemplating this for like two days. Because I did a, <laughs> I did a radio spot the other day, and I was asking, I'm like, I just said a number, and I didn't even feel good saying it, and I'm like. I, I was talking to the guy off air, and I'm like, man, I don't even know if I feel confident in that, in that number. And now I re- kept thinking about it today, and I'm like, man, I don't feel – just not feeling a good number. I, I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad or in between. But because a win here for O'Malley is going to put him – he's going to get a top five guy next. I, I legit think they're going to do that. He's been jaw jacking with Cody Garbrandt. That's not going to happen anytime soon as he's going to fa- be facing Davis and Figueredo for the flyweight title in November. So you got to figure a top five contender. He's, in my mind, if the UFC is smart, he's two fights away. But the way the UFC does things lately, I think he'd get the winner. He would get one more fight, and then he'll, he would face the winner of Aljamain Sterling. It should be Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan for the Bantamweight title. Can Sean O'Malley, though, to the question we have at the bottom, can O'Malley be the next UFC megastar? Of course. He has the charisma. He has the attitude off the, off, out of the octagon. He has the attitude inside of the octagon. He has skill set, and he has the swagger for it. The guy does interviews in a king's chair, for God's sakes, in a throne. That's great. It's awesome. And that's stuff that people want to see. People want to Basically, see somebody that can, you know, talk and talk and walk to walk. 
That's why people love McGregor so much. Just McGregor would talk, you know, talk a lot of shit, but he would back it up. For God's sakes, he knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. That's what people want to see. O'Malley knocked out Wineland, a veteran, like a battle-tested veteran, just baited him. Boom, left hook, out, like a light. That's what the UFC needs to capitalize, but they need to give him the spotlight in order to do so. They're not good at doing that. They've had guys just fall into their lap. You know, you look at you look at Tito, you look at Chuck, you look at Couture, you look at George St. Pierre, you look at Anderson Silva, you look at Brock Lesnar, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey. These weren't Lesnar proven commodity. You can say they built up Ronda. Actually, not Ronda. You can say they built up Conor. You can say they they grew McGregor. But Tito was already a star. You can even say they built up Liddell. You you can make a case for Chuck. What about can, John Jones? They made they made John Jones too. And we're gonna talk about John Jones in a little bit too. And they built up John Jones. John Jones has just screwed it up. They're my always <laughs> my biggest my biggest problem with the UFC has always been not pushing enough. And I, I want to get in because I think it's this affects the main event. I'll get into that in a little bit. But it's always been my biggest problem is like, and I've talked to their PR team about this, and I'm like, why aren't you putting these guys on talk shows? Not just ESPN talk shows, but like Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien, even like Samantha B. Put them on like different, even a variety show like that I think would be High profile. Put them on. Put them on CNN. Put them on. Put them on as many platforms as you possibly can. Maximize what you're doing here. This it that isn't costing the UFC any money. Could you imagine Nate Diaz (laughs) and he talk show? (laughs) Because you got to look at like McGregor's been on Fallon. McGregor's been on Conan, so was Ronda. You know, these guys do like the ESPN car wash and crap like that. And, you know, the UFC does like radio tours and they talk to certain websites for, you know, national publications for, you know, to promote fights and stuff like that. And, but they don't do like, you got to hit everything. Like, you look at a guy like O'Malley, oh my God, you can put this guy anywhere. He's just got that, that charisma about him that he connects with people, which makes no sense. You look at him, he he's a scrawny, he looks like a dork. Yeah. But he's got that charisma to where he connects with that 18 to 49 demographic. And I know people hate saying, oh, the demographic, but demographic. <laughs> but but it's it's not wrong. Because if you connect with that eighteen to forty nine, male or female, you can become a you're, you're a star. Something about O'Malley connects with the people. Paige Van Zandt, the same thing. She couldn't fight. She can't fight a lick, but she's got that charisma and she's also good looking. O'Malley's just got that charisma, and O'Malley can also fight. He's a but if he beats Vera, it's only going to push him up. He can't. Be, he I think he can be. The guy to replace Conor McGregor. I think he really can. But it's up to O'Malley. And, and I agree with you about the matchmaking. Because look at how they matchmaked McGregor until he got to Aldo. It was guys to fit, you know, Marcus Brimage in his debut. You went Max Holloway, then Diego Brandau, then Poirier, Seaver, Mend. It was supposed to be Aldo. And then you went Chad Mendez, and he got in some trouble, and you know McGregor figured it out and knocked him out. And then he got to the pinnacle, and he knocked out Jose, the guy no one thought he could beat, the guy who was the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, Jose Aldo, and he knocked him out in 13 seconds, which I did not see live. I was celebrating my one-year wedding anniversary. You know how hard that was to not look at Twitter for like three days? Priorities, man. <laughs> I got home, and as soon as I got home, I turned the light on. 
was like 13 seconds of what the fuck. I was so mad. But um O'Malley, like, but I agree with you though. It's all dependent on O'Malley and it's all dependent on the UFC. 100 percent He can be. I agree with you, but it just it's can the UFC capitalize? It's easier now to make a star than it was even when Jones was coming up. And Brock and Brock they already hit Brock from WWE. But like Couture and Chuck and BJ Penn, GSP. It was easy, it was harder for those guys. This era is easier because you got so many different ways you can make a star and they just it's too much about the brain, and that's the issue. You know, it's like WWE. You can only only allow you to get to a certain point, and then they're like, "Well, it's about the brand." But without the fighter or the re- or the without the talent, who's going to be watching? That's been proven with the UFC. The ratings have been, you know, yeah. The pandemic's been, I think, a big boon for the UFC. But UFC 250 was a crap show. Buy rates are horrible. You know, ratings have been since June have been okay. They haven't been blockbuster, but they've been they've been good, but not great like they should be. Putting more shows on ESPN Plus, but it's like you got to capitalize on these opportunities, and they should have been promoting Cormier Miocic, and you got to be promoting O'Malley. And I've barely seen anything with O'Malley this week, and that's quite surprising. Bingo, and you. When you get a t- like a fight, and we'll get to Cormier and, my- and Miocic right now in just a bit, but when you get guys like O'Malley and a name, a name we haven't mentioned, but it's another guy that could be a superstar, but they haven't really made much of it. Israel Anzaya, Anzaya is a superstar in the making, but they haven't done much. He's doing, he's basically doing it all himself on Twitter. <laughs> they put him on the cover of the video game with Masvidal. I think that's a big deal. It's a big deal, but at the same time, it, my biggest thing is they don't do enough advertising. Not only for the – they basically rely on, hey, people that are watching sports, here's our product. That There it is. Have the fighters guest star on like TV shows. Go on talk shows. Do, mm-hmm. do more. Get you know commercials on daily television and stuff like that. People will want to watch if you put out, you know, advertising and everything, especially nowadays with COVID or back then when everything was still shut down completely. People wanted to watch something. And they, in my opinion, they haven't done enough in their however long they've been in business. They've never gotten to that level where in WWE, you see it all over the place. Kids channels, um, your TBS, TNT, you see it everywhere. UFC, you only see it in the ESPN and stuff like that. I'll give the UFC credit. I've seen a lot of commercials in the last two days for this show. They've been commercials all over the place. I'll give them credit for that. You know, normally they don't, but they know. I think they recognize this can be a very big show. This can do great numbers. The last, I've seen the commercials the last few days. You know, they've done well in that, but I still haven't seen enough of guys and Dana being hitting at radio tours, doing doing what's necessary to sell here. And we'll get into numbers in a minute, but let's get let's get to the main event. And but final thing with O'Malley, he's just gotta win. Yep. All he's gotta do is keep winning. The rest will take care of itself. But this is a big fight for him. If he he wants to catapult himself to that level, he's gotta win fights like this. And if he doesn't win a fight like this, then we you have we have to severely look at what his trajectory is going to be. And let's get to the reason we are here. The main event of UFC 252, Stipe Miocic defends the UFC Heavyweight Championship against Daniel Cormier. The first time around, UFC 226 in July of 2018. First round KO by Daniel Cormier to capture the heavyweight title. Came to champ champ. It seemed like things were heading towards a showdown with Brock Lesnar. That didn't come to fruition. Cormier went on to starch Derek Lewis in the second round at UFC 230 at Madison Square Garden. 
And then the waiting <laughs> Cormier did not want to. It seemed like it was still leaning towards Lesnar. Lesnar said he wasn't going to come back. The rematch happened last August at UFC 241. Cormier dominated the first two and a half rounds of the fight. Miocic made a great adjustment, started attacking the body, and scored a fourth-round TKO to reclaim the UFC heavyweight championship. Miocic had eye surgery. COVID-19 went down. Then some back and forth, some... Cormier thought Miocic was ducking him, and Miocic said he was full of crap, and you know he was, you know, because he is a full time, he's a he is a firefighter, he does work outside of fighting, which he just loves firefighting, and loves being up, loves helping out, and this fight was going to happen. Let's just be realistic. It was a some gamesmanship by Stipe, and I I don't blame him. You know, like I didn't blame Cormier for making Miocic wait a year. I really didn't blame him then either. And there's so many variables into this fight, Daryl. When you just, when you look at this fight, you know, because it's been billed as the winner will be the greatest heavyweight of all time. It carries a lot of weight considering Fedor. You got Cain Velasquez. You got some guy, two guys there that can make Fabricio Verdum. You got a couple guys here that can make a legitimate argument in that. Is the winner the goat in terms of that? In terms of heavyweights, I honestly with Stipe, it's very hard for me to say to look at Myochik and be like, yeah, that's the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. Cormier, same thing. There's so many aspects of things. There's so many what-if questions. But honestly, right now, yeah, I could say it. Just because you've seen the first two fights. Cormier dominated, and then Mayocha came in. This fight basically comes down to this. It's, I like the hype. I can say if, depending on how this fight goes, that it might be the greatest of all time, depending on performance, obviously. Because if we get the myotric that we got in the first fight and then the fatigued Cormier in the second fight, this is going to be a snooze fest. It's going to be a snooze fest. And it's not, it's, it doesn't deserve the title of greatest of all time. But if we come in with deep myotric's IQ in the second half of the second fight and Cormier's regular, hey, I'm going to take you down, I'm going to keep you down, fight style, now, now we're talking. Now we're cooking with some fire here. But it's going to come down to that. Steve Myochik's IQ versus Daniel Cormier's fatigue. Which one can go down first? And I think Cormier's going to get fatigued again, man. I think age is getting to him. Wow. You're I busting think, out a prediction. Wow. I wasn't even going there yet. We, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying any prediction. I'm well, just saying like for like Cormier's fatigue. Cormier is fatigued. Like, can't get fatigued early. So I'm – I'm, all I'm saying is he's going to be looking for that knockout early in the, in the fight. I don't think this fight's going to get to the third round at all. It's definitely not going to distance. No. I really don't think it's going to. It, I like the tagline UFC's gone with here because it is the biggest fight in heavyweight history. I, I, I can I can buy that. I, I really can because in the winner, I think, will be the greatest heavyweight of all time. You just look at their resumes. Stipe made the most consecutive title defenses. Look at who he's beaten. You can't, I can't take that away from him, even if I wanted to. The same thing with Daniel Cormier at heavyweight. Daniel Cormier has no equal, but Steve, him and Steve Miocic, that those are each other's equals. You look at the guys they've beaten. You can, I can't take that away. You can't take it away from either guy. And it just, it's, you know, you look at the first fight and Cormier just, overwhelmed Stipe. The second fight, it was a more wrestling. It was more wrestling. He decided to strike. Where the first fight, he was more, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to beat you up. And then when they did get to standing, Cormier hit a good short right hand, and he called it a day. Cormier just didn't follow the game plan. I rewatched that fight again tonight. It was on um, ESPN2. 
And I'm watching it, and I'm like, you can hear Javier Mendez saying, do this, and he's just, he was so headstrong thinking he, because he was doing good on the feet, and it's like, take him down. And he's like, take him down. You hold every advantage on the ground. He didn't do that. Miocic is a good boxer. He's a former golden. He's a former Golden Gloves champion. He's a good boxer. He's not a joke on the feet. And he just got caught in the first fight. And Stipe made that adjustment. The team, his team made the adjustment. And look at what happened. Started attacking the body, ripped the body. Saw it worked for John Jones. It worked with for a short time with Anthony Johnson. And he took advantage of that. And that was a determining factor of the second fight. Obviously, Cormier is going to make that adjustment. Daniel, I don't Daniel and, and Cormier said it. He's not stupid. He's a very you don't become a two time Olympian and you know all American wrestler and two time world UFC champion by being a joke and not learning how to make adjustments. No. This is an awesome fight. You know, I think the winner goes down as the greatest heavyweight of all time. I'm. You look at the resumes. You've seen who they've beaten at heavyweight. You can't. There's no doubt in my mind. But I think a factor no one's talking about here, the 25-foot cage, smaller cage at the apex, not your standard size octagon. We're getting smaller size version octagon. That's got to go. That's got to be an advantage to Cormier. I think just because they're all of the wrestling, smaller cage, it's going to be easier to find. And something like that, and I didn't realize that there was a smaller cage, and that just, wow. Because Cormier is, is, like I said, Cormier is going to be looking for that takedown early. He's going to put, he's going to be looking for the same game plan in the first fight. Going to take you down, going to keep you down, you're not going to get back up. And that's what he's, that's what he should do. That's what I think his coaches were saying in the second fight to do. And he was just headstrong and didn't want to do it. At the same time, that plays an advantage into Cormier, but that also could lead to Myotra catching Cormier the right time if Cormier gets too aggressive. Because Myotra, he's one of the most intelligent fighters that ever stepped in the octagon. That being said, he could see it coming. Yeah. If he sees it coming, he catches him. That is it. That's all, folks. It's one of those things, though, where. You know, and especially with the glasses, he looked like Dr. Einstein. He looked like Einstein. <laughs> I was like, wow, well, looking at the way they were doing the stare down the other day. I was like, whoa. But no, he's got a great IQ. He's a very, you're not, you're, you have to be highly intelligent to be a firefighter. Yeah. So, I mean, you can just base it off of that right there. And, you know, by that smaller cage, I think is going to play a bigger factor. In the, no one's really talked about that. And it's like, in, in a fight like this, smaller cage, I think, can really play a factor. And, you know, Cormier has said, you know, this is it. Win, lose, or draw, this is it. And my thing has always been, and it's just like, like this in boxing. And when you start talking retirement, it's like, you, to me, you've got a foot and a half out the door. Does that parallel fit here with Daniel Cormier? Or do you think, Daryl, he's, he's all in? On this fight, he's all in on this fight. He has to be. When you get when you lose in the way that he lost, because he had that fight, he just basically let it go, and Myotrich took advantage and just beat him down afterwards. When you have a fight like that, you have to come back stronger than ever, and you have to be all in. And UFC, MMA, Bellator, wherever you, wherever you're fighting in the fighting game, you have to be all in. Because if you come out. With one foot and a half out the door, guess what, bud? You're about to get knocked out because you're not focused. If you're not focused, you're going to get your ass kicked. And it's when he has to come in fully focused. And like Cormier said, he's not stupid. He knows exactly he's a professional, two-time champ. He's going to be focused at all times. I don't think that's going to play a factor here. If anything, I don't think this is his last fight at all. (laughs) He stole my next... Uh, I stole yours. My bad. The question I had, will the winner face John Jones next? Because Dana White has said John Jones will either face 
he will defend his light heavyweight title against Dominic Reyes, or he's going to have to move up to heavyweight. And he's not going to f- – if John don't want to move up, John's not going to move up. Sorry to disappoint Uncle Dana. But let's – I wanted to play along with that narrative. And because Jones has teased this in the past, and fights with Miocic have been brought up at heavyweight before. Does the winner – Face John Jones next at heavyweight. No, the winner faces Francis and Ganu next. Wow. So you so you mean if John Jones says, you know what? Say after this fight, because this is what I honestly think is going to happen. Whoever wins, John Jones is tweeting. He's tweeting immediately. Saying, I want that P and N's and a Y. There's too much. I want want them next. There's more money in John Jones. No, I love Francis. I think Francis is the MMA version of Mike Tyson. I've written about that. And I've said it to Francis. I think he is. And Francis agrees with my assessment. Not surprisingly. (laughs) But there's too much money. If you, Miocic Jones, the greatest heavyweight of all time, against the guy people consider the GOAT. Or you have, if DC wins, because I'm telling you right now what's going to happen. And Cormier's coach, Javier Mendez, said this earlier this week to ESPN. If if DC wins, you know Uncle Dana's parking that Brinks truck, driving it to DC's house in California, and says, here you go. Tell me how much you want out of the truck. To make that trilogy fight with Jones. I'm just going to write that here. Go ahead. Jones moving up to heavyweight. And then I'm going to put that into my too good to be true pile. Wow. Because I don't think it's ever going to happen. Jones and the UFC have had so much friction in the last six months or so. They're still beefing. It's like two school-aged children. They're going to keep beefing. I don't see Dana White giving him the money that he wants to move up in heavyweight anytime soon. That's why, by answering the question, Jones next? No. Would we see it against Myotrick maybe soon? Maybe. In the way future when they when they barely hatch it. When, wow. Hey, whenever that's going to be. I'll put but, it this way. Uncle Dana porked up, forked up the money to Jorge Masvidal. Dana bowed down and kissed the ring of Jorge Masvidal. It's not a. I he mean, bowed. He and he backed up the truck. Here's the thing, though. You're if you're not going to back up the money to the two of the greatest fighters of all time to make that happen, you, it's going to happen. I don't know. I, I don't know anything. I haven't been told. Don't get me wrong. I've asked. I've gotten nothing, but. I think it will happen. If the, I think whoever wins, John Jones's next fight will be at heavyweight. It will be against the winner. You could crumple that up and put it in the Magic Eight Ball. Because I'm telling you right now, my friend, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And then when it happens, you're gonna be like Uncle Dana to Jorge Masvidal. You're gonna kiss the ring, my friend. The ring is right there. You're gonna kiss it. And then you're going to like it. I'll even shine it up real nice for you. You know what? I'll shine it for you. Hope hope Dana White hears you. Hope he listens to you. Because John Jones versus either Stephen Myochik or Cormier, the trilogy, is something I, I would pay to see. I think Uncle Dana probably has me blocked these days. Probably has my number blocked. I think he has a lot of people blocked. He can't handle the heat. <laughs> if I have to take a guess. I have I have Uncle Dana's number, but I bet Uncle Dana has uh, my number blocked. I think Uncle Dana has a lot of people blocked. He can't handle the heat sometimes. No, but I think the winner Jones is gonna Jones is gonna tweet yeah. right after that fight ends. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's gonna happen. Sorry, you're gonna be vastly disappointed. But oh no. No, whatever. If I see Myochik or Cormier versus Ngannou or Jones, I'll be a happy camper. 
as long as there's a fight that involves either of those four men, I'm good with it. All right, let's let's wrap up here and let's get some picks. O'Malley versus Vera. Remember, Sean O'Malley is a minus two eighty, and Marlon Vera is a plus two forty. Daryl Rivera. Who do, you, who do you like to win? And we're going to do this two ways. Give me who you think's going to win, and then who should the people bet on? I think, and this, listen, how can you pick against a sugar show, man? You can't. He's, he's the hottest thing since sliced bread right now in the UFC. He's on fire. That being said, I'm picking Marlon Vera. You're putting the plus 280 there. Wait, you're going, go. Mar- Wait, you're going with Marlon Vera? Marlon Vera, third round straight submission. Up? You're going straight Marlon up. Vera, straight up. And straight up. Odds with Marlon Vera. Wow. Straight up. Whoa. Where are the flames? You don't get you don't get famous by being the same as everybody else. I want to be different. You know what? I'm going Vera. Okay. All right. If I think Sean O'Malley wins the fight, we're going to buck that turn there. But I will at plus 240. It's hard not to lay down any money at plus 240 with a guy that's won five of six. And with all those wins via stoppage. I can, as, I can, as, I can, I'll go with you on the plus 240. I'd pluck down. If I did, if my betting days were still going on, it'd be a fin. Yeah. It'd be a fin on. What's the, there. what's the over under on the rounds? Uh, uh, I don't think my guys at, our guys at betonline.ag, I don't think they had that. Let's see. We got some time here. Let's see. Bet on my AG. I gotta sign up with them. I need a new betting site. They send me a they sent me a bunch of emails. I know that they're head of PR. Can you get up with a free card? <laughs> I don't even have, I don't even have a free credit, so if I did, let's see. Uh no, there's no other odds beyond that. Um but let's get to the main event. Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier. Right now, it is basically a pick'em. Stipe Miocic at even money, and Daniel Cormier a minus one twenty. So more or less, whoever you're not winning money either way. You're you bet a hundred on Stipe, you'd win a hundred. Cormier, you'd bet a hundred, you'd win. If you bet, you'd have to bet one twenty to win a hundred. Who you got here? You got Stipe Miocic. Just mainly because I think Cormier's fatigue is going to be a factor. He's getting older. He's, like you mentioned before, retirement. He is going to be ready. But retirement talk follows everybody. He has to be ready for this fight. But at the same time, he's getting older. He looked fatigued in that second fight. He looked a little too headstrong, didn't follow the proper uh, proper plan in the fight. Yeah. If he does it again, my are too smart to fall for that again. You know, this is... This is a situation of where, and I agree, like you you talk about, you know, Cormier's 41, but Miocic is 38. Miocic isn't a spring chicken in, in the sense of the word. But, no, you know, Stipe's younger. You know, he, I was shocked. Stipe came in at 233. Cormier came in at 236. So they, they came in pretty close. They came in pretty close on way. Miocic looked more leaned out. Which I thought was you could tell he's really in shape. You tell him he wants to use his speed. He wants to he wants to wear Cormier down like he did in the second fight. It just seems like you know, I was really leaning all week on Cormier. I really was. It's just the story is it's too good. To, you know, it's that you know, fairy tale ending. He wants to go out on on top. He wants that Cinderella story. But if you look at the history of Daniel Cormier's career, he's never been on the mountaintop. He fell short. 
he ran into a buzzsaw named the greatest college wrestler in all time in college, Kale Sanderson. He didn't medal in the Olympics in 2004. He had the unfortunate kidney issue in 2008. You know, but when he got to the UFC, he lost, he's lost to John Jones. That's been the bugaboo. And then he lost to Stipe Mayocic. Everything in that sense is going against Daniel Cormier in that sense. But for some reason here, because then I leaned Miocic today. I did a radio spot earlier and I picked Stipe Miocic. But then I watched the first, I watched both fights again. And I really looked at the second one. I'm like, man, if Cormier just listened to his corner, he wins that fight. For that reason alone, I'm going with Daniel Cormier. He wins the trilogy. He regains the UFC heavyweight championship. I don't bet any money here. If, if I'm you guys, just have fun with this fight. Just watch it. It's going to be fun. It's one of those things where you're not gaining anything. Unless you're just a betting junkie. <laughs> I, would bet, smart, I would bet one. I would I'd put money on Stipe. I'd also put money on Daniel. But minus 120 is nothing. I would place bets with either guy here. But if if you have a big, you really feel Cormier is going to win like I do, pluck some money down on Daniel Cormier. You're not losing much. You pluck bet 120, you win 100, and that's not too bad. That's basically even money. I'm going with Daniel Cormier to regain the UFC heavyweight championship, and Daniel Cormier will be fighting John Jones to determine the GOAT in mixed martial arts. And you could take that, my friend, to the bank, Daryl Rivera. Can you write a check to uh, statefarm.com? I just wrote a check for $8,500 to get my gutters, fascia, and whatever spatia done. Never mind. <laughs> Spent over $26,000 in less than 12 months on my home. My new money. home. My head hurts. I think that's the reason why I've had a headache for two days. <laughs> yeah, cutting two checks like that is my head. Hurt. My head hurts. I'm just writing. It. It's so depressing when you have to write checks like that. I'm, but you're working at State Farm, man. I'm gone. I'm on the zone sporting news. I'm on the zone money. There's more of this. There's more State Farm money than there is in the zone. I'll tell you that much. Depends on who you ask. Dude, State Farm's like a billion dollars, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, get a billion dollar check here. Yeah, we're owned by Lenblavetnik. It's worth like twenty four billion dollars. Probably worth more now because he just he like bought something with the Warner Media. He's like, guys, boom, boom, shake the room. I want Lenblavetnik money. Can I be his friend? That's all I want. I want to be his friend, and I'm just a lowly <laughs> peon who writes for him, who writes for his company. It's like, hey, man, what's up? We just, I just want to hang out. <laughs> Dude, I would love it. If, if they had, like, a company party, like, on his yacht, I would get my ass to Iceland. Nice. I'd figure it out. I'd get there. But when we will end with Len Blavatnik, things I didn't think I'd be talking about today is the guy who signs my paychecks. But <laughs> this will be on YouTube. If you make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, inching on up towards 1100. So let's get to 1100 subscribers. We had a lot of cool videos up. There's me and Daryl did one earlier Friday regarding WWE moving out of the performance center and heading to the Amway center in Orlando, Florida for the time being. I did a reaction video for Paige Van Zandt signing with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And then earlier in the week on the announcement of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We got Raw. We got SmackDown. We got got the Wednesday Night Wars. We got UFC. A lot of, we got a lot of boxing coming up here. Vasily Lomachenko, Tiafimo Lopez. That fight will be taking place in October. A lot of interesting stuff coming up. SummerSlam there, takeover. SummerSlam takeover. It's a busy time coming up here for the walkway to Fight Club podcast. A lot of video is going to be coming your way, so make sure you guys do that. Daryl, where can they find you on Twitter? Right here, down here, dybuddyco21. Uh, follow me on Twitter, as I basically retweet everything I see. 
if I rarely tweet, it's because I'm very fearless, very strongly about it. But I will tweet if I have to. Twitter fingers will be active. I have no filter anymore about Twitter. I, I've noticed that. Recently. I don't care. Sometimes you don't have to. I mean, just, just throw it. And so I love. I know people, media people that work at other conglomerates. And like they frown upon that. I luckily work for a conglomerate that doesn't give a flying hoot. <laughs> as long as you don't like use cer- certain racial overtones and you don't use swear words galore. Keep I don't not, I don't ever swear on social media. I just think that's ridiculous. To me, that's uncalled for. But beyond those scopes, I can say pretty much whatever, and they're not going. They don't get to. Uh, I haven't had a talking to. I'll put it that way, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm lucky to be in a spot where I don't have to. But I'm not really Facebook. I don't really do too much. Twitter. I've been a little more. The world's been bothered. I've been bothered by too much stuff in the world. I think I need yeah. to stop watching the news. I think that's part of my problem, too. You can find me on Twitter at smulehausenjr. You can find me on Instagram, smulehausenmma. You can find the Walkway to Fight Club on YouTube. Don't forget, search Walkway to Fight Club or youtube.com forward slash the Walkway to Fight Club. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Walkway Fight. You can find the podcast page on Facebook. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. And also, we're on Instagram, Walkway way to fight club all in lowercase letters have fun watching ufc 252 i will plug espn and even though i shouldn't it's on espn pay-per-view for an absurd price and actually this price is worth it if you're gonna spend 65 dollars, this is definitely a show to spend 65 dollars on and by the way my prediction for a buy rate i'm going 700 000 buys i think that's a good buy rate i think it could have been more I think the UFC fumbled the opportunity, but 700,000 buys is still a really good pay-per-view. So we'll end with that. For Dale Rivera, the handsomest man in all the land, I am Stephen Mielhausen. We'll talk to you guys next time.